if you're looking for some straight-up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas, a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from regional Queensland. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Marketing and Margaritas. Today we're talking what metrics to measure. Today's topic was brought to us from one of our listeners, Charlene. Thank you very much. Charlene emailed in wanting to know more about key data. Um, Her question was that with there being so many metrics that you can measure, what are the key ones to tell how you are going rather than just checking and recording data for data's sake? Really great question. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the stuff I really, really love because, you know, data on its own is doesn't obviously do very much, but it's that it's how you analyze it, it's how you use it that can make a big difference, not just in your marketing, but in your business. Um, having said that though, there is a quick disclaimer for this one: is that everyone will have different metrics that will make a difference to their business. Yeah. So for example, if we were a retail store, we would be looking at things like cost per conversion and then the value of that customer over the customer life cycle. Yes. Like there's certain things that we would be paying attention to that as like what we do in marketing, like they're they're just different metrics that matter sort of thing. So for us, it still might be like, so we don't really care about cost of conversion that much for our business, but it, yeah, it kind of just depends on on what you actually do as to which metrics will be will have the most value for you to watch and measure. And what you'll find is that once you actually start getting into reviewing and tracking your data, is that you'll find it, it at the start you'll probably look at a whole heap of different things, and it might actually end up being that there's only say like less than ten key metrics that you track all the time that really make a difference for you. Okay, good to know. So we've got a few that we're going to go through. The first one off the list is websites. What do we need to look at there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. So what I was going to say is obviously that what we're going to go through today are some generic ones to start off with. Yes. So even though that each industry or each business will have different metrics that, that matter to them, we're just going to start with some overall ones to get you going that are pretty generic no matter what industry you're in. Sorry. Sounds great. So first <laughs> off the rank is websites. Websites. Okay. So your overall watching ones there are looking at your users per month versus your uni- your unique users per month. So users per month mean how many visitors that you've had to the site Unique users means how many actual people there so have been. I've gone to a website five times. That tracks as a user per month as five, but unique users per month is just one because exactly. I am one person. That's true. You are one person. <laughs> um, but I suppose per one person's probably a little bit different, like not Device, accurate. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's your IP or address or something like that. I can't actually quite remember. Another one is your time on site versus your time on page. So when someone comes to your website, how long are they spending on there on average? And then looking at specific pages, how long they're spending, like when they are spending time on your site, which of the pages are taking up most of their time. So this is a really good one if you've got a blog or a news section, especially because if you've got um, certain pages where people are spending a few minutes on it, then you know, like you can see which topics might be of more interest to yeah. your visitors than others because you're like, okay, whenever we do a post about um, dental hygiene, 
that gets a lot of, um, you know, a lot of time on page. But when we do a post about braces, it doesn't get anything. I'm back in orthodontics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Traffic sources is also really, really interesting one. So as it suggests, it's the source of your traffic. So whether they come from Facebook or, you know, LinkedIn, whether they've come from, um, they've directly typed your um, address in, whether they've come from Google, what search terms they've used to find you. If it was through Google, I think that's really interesting as well. Um, And when it says that it can't, like the search terms are unknown, that means that they were logged into their Google account at the time. So when they're logged in, it makes their search terms private, like like you can't Uh. see them. Um, So it's just, yeah, which I think probably more and more people are getting Google accounts. So I do wonder whether that will change at some stage. Um, but yeah, traffic sources is a good one to actually see where, how people are finding you so that you can further optimize, um, those sources for yourself as well. Yeah. Well, if you're getting a lot of traffic from Google then maybe Google ads, or if you want to increase that area, looking at spending some advertising there. Mm-hmm. And even things like if you found that, you know, like you were doing, um, say TV advertising, you know, you might be a con, um, building company and you've got an ad running in whenever it's the block is on TV or one of those kind of shows or whatever. And so 7 PM every, I don't know, whatever night that's on. Um, actually I don't think it's on at the moment. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that's a show anymore. <laughs> okay. So let's say the block is playing at 7 PM every Sunday night. Hypothetically. And you see on your website, like a rush of, um, people, you know, searching and, and finding you at, at, during that show time, because we're very much about second screens. Like when we watch TV, we yeah. quite often have at least one, if not two other devices on the go at the same time. Um, so that's where you can sort of start to potentially make some connections and connect some dots as to what marketing is actually, um, bringing traffic to your website and, and then what you can do with Google analytics as well. Sorry. That's what all of this stuff is through. Like a lot of platforms have their own inbuilt analytics, but anyone can use Google analytics. It's free. It's just a piece of code that you put on your site. But with, with, um, Google analytics, what you can see is that you can see where they've come from but then you can actually map out their journey. So you can see what pages they've landed on, how long they've been there oh, cool. and sort of things. So you can say, okay, that big rush of traffic that we had, woohoo, that's great. And then um, all of them jumped off straight away. Yeah. So even though we got a big hit of traffic, potentially that that was not the, a, a marketing channel that's really going to um, drive much value for us. Which leads me to my last one for website, which is bounce rates. So bounce rate means how quickly someone jumps off um, once they've come to your site. Yeah. So that's something to look at for all your key pages. So if you've got, um, for example, you have a lot of traffic going to your, um, you know, once you all go into your homepage, they might go to your services page and then your services page has a huge bounce rate. Yes, it could mean that they're potentially jumping off because they've found the information that they want. Mm-hmm. However, you might want to experiment with that and put like a call to action yeah. On that page, whether it's linking to information, whether it's linking to a contact form or whatever it might be. When or people get a are, quote, that yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. You know, if people are going to that services page and it's got a high bounce rate, like if they're on your services, they're interested in you, play around with different calls to action to see whether you can retain and convert those um, visitors into um, 
you know, clients or customers. Yeah, absolutely. I guess these metrics for website are a really great one to not just see where the traffic's coming from and get that data, but it's also to see if you need to spruce up your website. Yeah, what people are doing on there, what's interesting them, what's what where are you losing them in yeah. that funnel? Because if they've gotten to your site and they've actually navigated past the home page to find out more about you and then there's one page where they're all ju- like 90% of them are jumping off, that tells you Maybe I need to do something simple, like put a damn button on the page. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. All right. So next one off the list is Facebook. Obviously, there is a lot of metrics that you can look at um, when you're doing advertising. There's a whole heap there as well. But we're just going to talk about the general Facebook insights. Yeah, pretty much. So what are we looking at, Macaulay? Okay, so the ones that I like to look at on for Facebook, uh, when you go into your insights, is then going into the posts tab. Um, And when you scroll down past your graph, you then have an overall view of all of your posts and, you know, what time you posted them and what their reach and engagement were. And I think that's really useful, especially when you're um, planning out content because you can sort of have this bird's eye view of what what kind of posts are getting you the most reach, what are you getting the most engagement. Absolutely. I look at that when I'm planning my next month's worth of social media content for a client. I see what's done the best and try and do some more of that because obviously it's engaged really well. Mm-hmm. And if something's tanking, it's like, okay, I think this is potentially good content. I might just try it on different days or times. It's still tanking. Okay, my audience just isn't interested in that. Yeah. I'm going to drop that and do more of what works. Absolutely. Um, and that's, that's, you know, I think what this all really comes down to with digital marketing and all this data that you can get is that it, it shows you that what, what your actual audience is interested in. Yeah. You know, and who better to learn from what to give your audience than your audience themselves? <laughs> like it's such a, it's such a massive benefit of doing data analysis. So while we're on that post tab, the other thing I like to do is I'm pretty sure it's the first column yes. that you can flick the little toggle, like so at, at, in the heading the part drop of the down column. Arrow. Yep, there's a drop down arrow, and you can flick to um, change um, that view to fans versus non-fans for reach. So it means that then the data that you're seeing in front of you, the little graphs, will show you when you put a post up how many people who saw it in total, so it's reach, but then it shows you what how many of those were people who follow your page yeah. and how many of those are people who don't follow your page. And I find that really interesting if you're looking at growing your social media presence, flipping that toggle over means that you can easily see what content most often gets attention from people who don't already follow you. So if you do more of that, you can potentially be getting exposed to more people. Absolutely. And quite often I find those pe- those posts that have reached a lot of non-fans are posts, are generally photo albums or event photos where, where you tag other people. Yeah. And so definitely go back to that post in your Facebook feed and check the likes and invite anyone who doesn't currently like that that your page. Ooh, bonus tip. Yes. Nice, Lani. Yeah, that's a sneaky growth filler for you there. <laughs> um, so another one that I don't check a whole heap, but every now and then I will jump into, especially for clients, is going into the likes tab, um, but I'll change the parameters so it's like actually looking at, say, the last six months or the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, because I'm not really, in a way, I don't actually care about the number of likes. What I care about is the likes trend. So when I can see the numbers over a six-month period, for example, 
it's easy to see, oh, has there just been a steady increase or has there been like a big jump at some point? Okay, cool. What was that big jump? Oh, that's when we did that event. That's when we launched this, whatever it might be. But I I just think that that's a useful one to check in on every now and then as well. And we have seasonal trends as well, like things that are happening within the community or especially in times like this where the way people do business is really changing to a lot of online methods due to the climate. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've definitely seen like some months on a lot of my pages, growth has been a little bit skewed because while everywhere I've got a lot of reach, people aren't really engaging um, in those types of pages because they're more concerned about news events. Mm. So just the way people behave does change seasonally. Oh, that's one of the things we used to love at council, like not love in like a bad way, but Honestly, every time there was a natural disaster, our social media pages would explode. (laughs) And then like the month later, you'd have like two new likes. Yeah. Like like, what happened? (laughs) Can we get another cyclone or Or something? Ten ten people unfollowed the page. It's like, what? You just wanted to know about natural disasters. So the other thing I really like about um, Facebook's insights is on the overview page at the bottom, it's got a pages to watch. And I think this is really useful to use for accurate benchmarking. Um, So quite often people will think that they're doing really shit house on Facebook, but then um, if they're watching people who are like their competitors who are of a relevant size, um, you know, that might not always be in your local area. It could be someone who does something similar to you in another regional area. You know, watching their page in that section will allow you to see how you actually are performing. Um, so basically in this section, you can add pages to watch. So you're adding other people's Facebook pages into that section so that it then compares them, um, against yours. So don't ever worry about the order that they're in, because that is always based on how many likes a page has. And as we know, that's probably more of a vanity metric than anything actually useful. Definitely. Um, but what you're looking for is on the right hand side, it has the amount of gate engagement that, um, that page has gotten in the last week. So you might find that a page that has, you know, we see this all the time, a page that'll have double, if not treble the amount of treble, triple, triple, <laughs> triple the <laughs> amount of likes uh, yet will actually have like the page that has less will actually have more than double the amount of engagement, um, that the, then the other page does. So that actually tells you that's more of a true um, true measure of <laughs> true measure of, um, you know, how you're actually performing. Yeah. So I, I really like that section personally. Yeah. So when you're looking at a competitor's page, you can only see the likes that they've got. You can't see those engagement or their reach. That's a personal insight, but this gives you that tool over the last seven days, which is really the better benchmark to go off. And also when you add pages to watch in that section, they don't get notified or anything. No, no one knows about. So it's only the admins who can see that you've got them in there. Um, and if you click on their um, page only from that section, you can also see what their top performing posts were in descending order um, from, from that, that week. week as well, which yeah. is also useful if you're looking for a bit of extra inspo. Yeah, so um, the funny thing with Facebook, that is really great. Funny. Yeah, so yeah, that's not the word I would use. It's super when we do training and super (laughs) when we get stuck about Facebook. But at the moment, at any one time, to be honest, Facebook Mm. is running multiple versions of Facebook. They're testing different things. Um, They haven't rolled it out for different people. So like, you know, we're all little test bunnies for them, (laughs) which means we may or may not have access to different functionality at any one time. Currently, Jade's having trouble accessing this pages 
uh, to view. Yeah, so section. I'm an admin on I think about thirty or forty pages. Oh, wow! And wow, I brag. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really great. Do you know how many times I try and clean those out? You know what my OCD is like, man. I do not enjoy. She has a zero inbox policy just for an insight into Jade there. Yeah, it's Anywho. uncomfortable. So I, yeah, so I've noticed for a number, so not all of my pages, but I've noticed an increasing number of my pages where instead of being able to access traditional insights, I'm getting pushed to um, business suite. And the business suite insights is definitely not developed. Um, they don't have pages to watch so far from what I can see, but they also don't have a date range on the information that you're looking at. So they're like, oh, you've had this many likes and this much reach. And you're like, great. Was that in a day, a week, a month? Like, so obviously they're still working on the insight section for business suite. Jade's a bit cool, but it's so <laughs> stupid. She's a bit unhappy about this. Um, I, however, can still access them. So again, we very much are all potentially on different versions of Facebook at any one time. If you can't access it, check with one of your other admins on the team to see if they can see it and mm-hmm. utilize it. And if you can access it, use it while you can, just in case it does disappear. <laughs> it's really helpful. Uh, moving on. So LinkedIn, far away, Macaulay. Yeah. So for LinkedIn analytics wise, um, You'll find that your pages, so your company pages, don't get as much traction as personal profiles, um, but there aren't really any analytics on personal profiles. So um, I've been a bit more active on LinkedIn lately, and so I've been actually delving into this a bit more personally. You know, I can see the amount of engagements, like, sorry, the amount of reactions I got, obviously the amount of comments that I've got on a post, and I can see the amount of views that a post has got on the post. Um, but otherwise there's not, you know, like you can see, like, it, you know, they send push notifications where they're like, you've had, you know, 60 people look at your profile this week. And you're like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> doubt it. But you know, like it's, you might've come up on the side of a screen or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, personal profiles, there's not a lot of analytics there, even though that's the one where you're probably going to be more active. Um, on the company page side things though, it, it can be useful to have a look at the analytics when you're running, say, a campaign and you're actually posting on LinkedIn. Just so you know who you're talking to, who's actually there mostly, right? Exactly. That's it. So we're looking at follower and visitor demographics in the analytics. Yep. And we're looking at things like where those, um, where they're located yep. um, to make sure that, you know, it, what sort of areas and stuff you're actually um, hitting into that you, that are interested in what you're doing. So you might talk to city slickers versus country <laughs> bumpkins a little different. Well, it's more <laughs> likely to go, okay, you know, we've got, for example, we live in Mackay. So if I was looking at our company page and we had a really good smattering in Mackay, but then we open up our new thing and we get like a really big smattering in like all of regional Queensland, they're yeah. like, excellent, we're hitting the mark. Perfect. So you also have job function. Um, so that refers to what their actual role um, might be. So whether they're um, in administration or they're the marketing person. So it's not necessarily their industry. That is one of the things you can look at is industry. So for example, they could be um, in the mining and metals industry, but they're actually in the marketing role for what they do. Yeah. Um, and then there's seniority as well. So it could be that it's the marketing manager and so as opposed to like the marketing assistant, so you can see what function they perform, um, what level of seniority they have, like supervisors, managers, um, you know, support, etc., and then what industry they're in as well. Um, and company size too. So you can sort of see, okay, we're attracting a lot of SMEs 
or we're attracting, you know, large enterprise. Um, it just gives you some insight as to what, like who's following you. So who's actually, you know, clicked follow on your page and is, you know, wanting to hear more from you and who's visited you. Right. And like I said, this is useful. So if you've got campaigns and you've got ads running and billboards and that sort of stuff and people are going online to check you out and look at your LinkedIn page, yeah. they're visiting it. And so you can see, yeah, the demographics for who is actually having coming to check you out. And that's better than nothing. LinkedIn doesn't share a lot with us, but it's yeah, cool to have it, something to look at there. It is. And I think it's like, you know, I find those kind of things interesting, just I guess more as a passing thing. Whereas for some people, they might be very valuable kind of metrics where it's like, okay, where is we're directly trying to increase um, the amount of decision makers who are interested in our content, Yeah, you know, and so then go, okay, this was our, you know, we had this many managers and above this month, this month we've got 5% more where we're reaching our target. So, you know, there are people who would be able to use that um, to kind of reach those whatever goals and stuff they've got to. Fantastic. All right, last one we've got for you is MailChimp. So what are we looking at when we are sending email marketing? So obviously when you um, send out uh, email marketing and like we predominantly use MailChimp, but most of your email marketing clients should have this. Um, so you're looking at open rates. So when you send out to your list of 10,000, how many of them are actually opening up um, your emails? And with inside um, MailChimp, the way that they do it is that they have what your open rate percentage is. So you might have 10% open it, um, but then that benchmarks it against what your, your average performance is. So your own emails, you might average a 15% open rate. So you go, oh, okay, this one didn't perform as well as what I normally do. And then it also benchmarks it against your um, industry. Um, so it'll take into account the size of your email list, how big your company is and what industry you're in to say that actually your open rate for the, all of those key factors, um, you know, from all of the other clients that MailChimp has, they go, it's actually normally a 7% open rate. So even though that particular campaign for you didn't hit your 15% average, your 10% open rate was still better than the industry average of 7%. So again, like I said before with the Facebook stuff, benchmarking is just a better way of um, actually evaluating how you're doing because sometimes when we just look at numbers, we don't know if they're good or bad. You might go, oh, 200 people opened my email. Oh, that's not very much. Whereas someone else might be like, 200 people opened your email. That's amazing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's hard to know how well you're doing without those external factors. Exactly. And so then next is your click rates. So if you've got links in your email, it's the percentage of your audience who actually clicked on a link. So overall, it might be that 5% of them clicked on a link. That's your click rate. But then you can also look at which links got clicks. And if you're using MailChimp, you can actually also see who those clicks came from. Oh. So if we were going to do like, say we had an event coming up and we had, you know, 50 people click on the event link, then we could actually go in there and say, oh, look, Alana Break clicked on it. And so <laughs> did Scooby-Doo and, you know, whatever else it is. <laughs> Me and Scoops, we're coming. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other one, MailChimp, that I really like that I think is a bit underrated is the 24-hour performance. So it has a graph um, in your reporting section that shows you where, when your 
opens happened. So obviously, if you're going to send an email out at 8 a.m., you're going to have a peak between 8 and, say, 9 or 8 and 10 a.m. sort of thing because that's when it's fresh in inboxes. Yeah. So there's going to be a peak there. What I find then really interesting is to have a look at where any secondary peaks might be happening because that might be an indicator that your audience is more likely to be checking the emails at specific times. Yes. Um, you know, for a business audience, again, for us, we work with professionals, so it's kind of wide-ranging as to when they might be opening them. But if you were, you know, um, targeting moms or if you were targeting shift workers like miners and that type of thing, there might you might find that even though you send your email at 8 a.m., it's more often getting opened at 4 a.m. the next morning because that's before shift starts. Yeah, yeah. So then that allows you, when you're scheduling your emails out, to try out those different times and go, right, instead of scheduling it for 8 a.m., I'm going to schedule it for 3.30 a.m. So it hits just before that peak 4 a.m. opening time and then compare, is your open rate higher? Yes. Or than when you what you were doing before. And that's the whole thing with marketing. Um, you know, people are always like, oh, when's the right time to send this or what's the perfect way to do this? The right time to do something, the perfect way to do something is to have an idea, try it out, and then actually measure how it goes so that you can tweak it and try again because that's the best way to find out what works for you and your services or products and your audience Try something and get it out there and see what the response is and and fucking learn from it. Absolutely. Like if you don't try something different, you won't know if it was better or worse than what you were doing currently. So like it's really hard to measure against yourself if you do the same thing day in, day out. And honestly, the amount of people who do the same campaigns every year or the same advertising all the time and they don't care about or they don't, not they don't care, sorry, but they don't take the extra time to actually go and have a look at whether it got them a result, whether it yeah. got them a return. Um, and remembering that's, yes, some marketing activities do have a delayed return. You know, we need multiple touch points before people make purchasing decisions based on um, what kind of product or service we're offering, all that kind of jazz. But if you're not paying attention, you're missing all of the cues. <laughs> so it, it is something where, um, and that, I think that leads to our wrap up tip as well. Looking at data once will definitely give you some insights. Like, you know, if you were to go into um, your website analytics and have a look at your traffic sources, you might go, oh, wow, I'm actually getting a bunch of traffic from Facebook and a bunch from Facebook mobile. Fantastic. I am going to keep going with my social media strategy. Yay me. Yeah. Like you'll definitely get insights if you go in and have a look. Pat on the back. But the real power of data is that when you look at it regularly, because the more you go in and, and have a look at how things are performing, the more you can actually see trends. Yeah. So you can see when things are trending up and performing well or even having peaks, but you can also see warning signs. You know, you can see when something was working really well and now it's not, okay, this is an early indicator that we might need to be doing something different with our marketing or something's happening in the marketplace. Is there a new competitor coming in and taking market share? That kind of thing. So looking at your data consistently um, is going to provide a lot more benefit than just than a once-off look. Awesome. That sounds great. 
data nerds all around. <laughs> you guys can do it. That's, I, there's a few things to look at. You test the waters. Don't be scared. You're not going to break it. Yeah, exactly. And go in, have a play, have a look. Um, you know, the fact that you're actually even in there and interested, it, it's the first step. Yay! <laughs> go you. All right. Well, I hope you got something out of today's topic. Thank you so much for joining us for Marketing and Margaritas. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.